You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. So, Sir Croakington has just gone to the village of Silverwisp, north and east of Trimmedmoor, upon a firm expanse of rocky terrain in the midst of a vast moorland, lies the village of Silverwisp. This small settlement enjoys a relatively high level of prosperity for its size, due entirely to several ore mines situated on its outskirts. A scattering of small, but solidly constructed wooden stone buildings make up the outer perimeter of the village, with several large buildings surrounding its central main square. In the square stands three wells and a large monument erected in honour of Swithak. So let's look at this monument. The monument, in the shape of an open, upturned hand, stands just over 12 feet tall. The base of the towering stone creation, an inscription which reads, Honesty over deception, humility above pride, faith against fear. Now what about the Hedgelong Tavern? Only a small handful of patrons are gathered in the Hedgelong Tavern. A well-fueled fire crackles in a large and ornate fireplace against the east wall, serves to remove much of the dampness from the moorland air. Its animating warmth also chases <coughs> away the gnawing, pervasive chill that characterises the moor in general. The white-haired tavern keep and his elegantly attired wife greet you warmly as you enter politely inquires to whether or not you've brought news from afar. Well, let's engage in conversation. 
The tavern keep, George Froston, and his wife, Elry, are thrilled when you begin to relate to them bits of news you've acquired during your recent travels through the realm. Several of the other patrons gathered round listen with great interest as you currently detail for them. <coughs> A litany of newsworthy items from all corners of the kingdom. Jod and Ilri Foster thank you when you're finished. It's good to hear, hear that the world outside keeps on with itself, laughs Jod. Apart from the wagons that arrive here once a month, we sometimes forget there's a world outside the moor at all. What about what are these wagons? Jod tells you that Silverwisp is a mining town, and a variety of non-precious but valuable ores are produced in three main mines located on the outskirts of the village. You learn that about once a month, a caravan of wagons arrives to transport the ore to Twindmore. That caravan is heavily guarded, says Jod. The ore we extract is sold to the crown. It's an entire regiment of soldiers that arrives to see its safe passage to the city. Jod tells you that a, a Tysian army captain by the name of Wexilor Mil Milark has been in charge of the ore's transport for nearly the last three years. I think we've all heard tell of Captain Millark's troubles, says Jod, but I can tell you that I've never known the man to put a drink to his lips. At least not wise in my tavern. He'll put down his fair share of paleo, though. But who could be blamed for that? Especially in these parts. Okay, who is Captain Millark? Captain Wedgigore Millark. Wedgigore Millark is a Tyson army captain whose name has become her one synonymous with the horrendous incident in the foothills of the Freudian range some years ago where nearly an entire regiment of soldiers under his command were ambushed and slaughtered by a large band of forest trolls. It was believed and reported, though never proven, that Millark was abbreviated and unfit to command in the hours leading up to the fateful ambush. It was also reported, but again never proven, that he stayed out of combat, too drunk to wield his own sword, while his men were brutally torn down by their savage assailants. Prior to this incident, Captain Millark enjoyed a distinguished career in the Titan army, where he led several successful campaigns against goblins and trolls in the wilds of the kingdom. Rumours concerning his incessant and excessive bribing have never been adequately substantiated. Since the incident in the foothills, now almost a decade ago. Captain Millark has been relegated to overseeing only minor tasks, many of which would seem beneath his station. He is currently in charge of overseeing the monthly transport of ore from the village of Silverwisp to the city of Twindmore. Alright, let's buy some food and drink. The food and drink laid out before you at the end of a long wooden table Near the fire exceeds even your greatest expectations. As you sate your hunger on a delectable assortment of bread, cheese and a few strips of cured meat, you casually converse with several of the locals who are now eager to hear any news you might ha you have to relate from afar. You thank Jod and Early Foston for the fine meal, 
before turning your hands and feet towards the warring fire. Alright, let's leave the tavern. Oh, an, an adventure's just turned up. Or maybe it was always there. No, 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 there's a new one. There's a new one. Alright, what about Ewitt's Merchantile? Ewitt's Merchantile is surprisingly well stocked. An odd array of items neatly line, line the shelves of Silverwhip's only shop. Though the only ones worth, worth even your passing notice are weapons and armour. So let's just see what you've got. Yeah, it, it's generic. Generic items. And not very good either. <laughs> yep, no. And you, you can also sell stuff, but... Price is pretty modest. Uh, and Inge, let's just have a conversation then. You're it, a thin man who seems to be almost almost perpetually quiver, smiles and asks you about news from abroad. He listens intently as you relate to him some of the tidbits you've picked up on your recent travels throughout the kingdom. I'm waiting for the caravan to roll in again, he tells you. Our Captain Millard promised me a couple of fancy swords from Twindmore. I suppose I'll display one of them and sell the other. Will it? Okay. What do you have to say about the caravan? Yurit tells you that Silverwisp is a mining town, and a variety of non-precious but valuable ores are produced from the three main mines located on the outskirts of the village. Ewart explains that the ore produced from Silverwist mines is sold to the Crown, and about once a month a caravan of wagons arrives to transport it to Twintmore. It's well protected at that, says Ewart. No doubt the war would catch the eye of any high woman with the means to move it and sell it off. I'd be two steps not back if I could lay eyes on, on the lot of robbers that could handle waylaying those wagons, though. An entire regiment of soldiers guards it all the way to Twintmore. You it tells you that a Titian army captain by the name of Wix Wexigor Millark has been in charge of the Ulls transport for nearly for nearly the last three years. He's had his troubles. No doubt about that, says Yard. But our Captain Millark's a good man. And if he's trusted to oversee the ore, I can't be the only I only want to think that of him. Alright, hmm. So, well, well we, okay, we've had a nice look around this little town. Time for the adventures. Late one afternoon. Late one afternoon, the outskirts of Silver Wisp. And we begin. The frantic cries of several children. children greet your ears as you step out of the Hedgelong Tavern late in the afternoon and are about to start across the village square. You're taken aback when a group of six children run up to you and begin hurriedly attempting to explain what it is to excite them so. It's a gate! burts out one of the children, a fair-haired, freckled girl who struggles to catch her breath. I've never seen one, but I know it's a gate! magical gate right near the old mine having overheard the children a young dour-faced man approaches and asks them to calmly explain what it is he believe they saw his demeanor changes from dour to grave 
as the young girl explains in further detail the swirling black vortex that she and others saw appear in the, in the moor near an abandoned mine not far from the village. The young man, whose countenances we assume its apparently familiar dire expression, tells the children to remain in the village. He then turns to you and quickly introduces of his Trillip Telney. You return the introduction, and he tells you he's a member of the village mining council and overseer of the militia. I'm afraid the members of our militia also find themselves toiling in the mines, he says. Might I ask you to accompany me to the spot the children spoke of? I pray, of course, we have but overactive imaginations on our hands. But I'd feel better about it, all if I was certain of that. You nod and tell Trup you should be glad to go with him to the spot where the children claim to have seen the swirling black vortex. Turk smiles and meets you on his shoulder across. Wait here. I'll be just a moment, he says, disappearing to a building on the far side of the square and emerging less than a minute later with a short sword hanging from his belt. Turk rejoins you and together you set off to see what it is the children might have, might have seen. At the base of a steep hillock, near the blocked entrance of one of Silver Wisp's abandoned mines, the children's story is proven no mere fabrication. A swirling black portal, emitting a low, pulsing hum, stands just several feet from the large boulder that has been employed to seal off the mouth of the mine shaft. You instantly recognise the portal to be a shadow path, and that's bad news. You relate this bit of grim news to Trip. I didn't believe them, says Trip, seemingly unable to tear his eyes away from the swirling Neverwall gate. Well, what are you to, to do? What do you know of these things? So, well... So I can st I can watch it from a distance or move forward and investigate. I'll move forward and investigate. You instruct Trip to remain where he is and to allow you to investigate Shadow Path. He's only too willing to consent to this and looks on nervously as you make your way towards the swirling Neverwall Gate. You're you're within ten paces of the Shadow Path when a long and piercing hiss sails out of the cortex. The black surface of the Neverwall Gate whipples slightly, and you suddenly realise that something is about to emerge from the portal. Well, I'll just... So, I can hold my ground and face whatever is about to emerge, step into the shadow path, or try to close it. Honestly, probably the sensible thing to do is try to close it. So I'll do that. You hopefully attempt to close the shadow path. So I can use my power of gating, which has to be at 40 or higher, and I have that. Or I could use a shadow stone, which is an item that I get in Proving Grounds 3, when I get round to that which I haven't done yet, so I don't have it. Or if I don't possess the means of closing the portal, I've just got to deal with whatever comes through. Or go through myself. No, I'll close it. I'll try to close it. You close your eyes and call upon your power of gating 
as you attempt to affect the closing of the shadow path. Channeling the power of gating. Alright, you succeeded. 64 XP to gating. The pulsing heart of the shadow path whips, whipples violently. A sweat pours down your brow. Suddenly, without a sound, the portal closes. The Neville Gate is no more. Winded, but relieved, you turn and make your way back towards Trip. You share a few words with Trip on the return trek to the village, but as you step into the main square, he asks that you keep the matter of the shadow path between you for the time being. I will discuss with, with the, this with the other members of the mining council, he tells you. I pray that this was some isolated in incident, yet I cannot put my faith in such hope. I cannot thank you enough, Sir Crotington. Trip turns and heads off, and you cast your gaze upon the stone monument standing amidst the three wells as it, as it begins to be spattered by a few drops late afternoon rain and there and that ends this adventure with 64 xp to general now if we hadn't closed at shadow path probably a lot more stuff would have happened but often the most sensible thing to do isn't the most exciting thing in fact often it's not the most exciting so uh, so if you were to Alright, I guess. So look at the. Well, we seem to be done here. Alright, I'm just gonna. gonna wander around to the city of Twindmore. And then. I think. have a little nap. And then let's just wander back, see if anything's changed. Visit Silver. And it's the same, just, you can see the, read through the town description again. A scattering of small but solidly constructed wooden stone dwellings make up the outer perimeter of the village, with several large buildings surrounding its central main square. In the square stand three wells and a large monument erected in honour of Suthak. Unfortunately, that was yesterday. Oh. Oh look, you leave, you leave for 30 seconds and something bad happens. Although, for us it was 30 seconds, for, for Sir Crokington it might have been several days. Silver Wisp lies in ruin. Black smoke billows into the sky from piles of ash that less than a day ago with the homes and buildings that make up the heart of the outlying moorland village. Battle wages throughout the raised village and in the scrub forest on its outskirts were a va valiant but small group of Tyson soldiers and a handful of border rangers wage a desperate struggle against a horde of savage mountain goblins, armour-clad forest trolls and rotting undead. Okay. Someone gave trolls armour? Okay. This is serious business. Spotted now and again, moving through the chaos, with a trail of carnage left in his wake. 
is a hulking ogre. A red cape spilling down his broad shoulders and a heavy spiked club clutched in his garled fish. fist. The fearsome weapon drips with the blood of those unfortunate enough to have found themselves in the ogre's path. The goblins, trolls and undead give way before this formidable creature, heeding his commands without question as they relentlessly surge forward against the last beleaguered defenders of Silver Wisps. All indications are, you've arrived, not a moment too soon. Alright. And we're now in a safe spot, although I suspect it's not actually that safe. The village of Silver Wisp lies in ruin. A small group of Tyson soldiers platoon of border rangers and a handful of brave adventurers have battled fearlessly, waging a desperate struggle against a merciless horde of savage mountain goblins, armoured trolls and the walking dead. The nightmarish army was that of Woundskin, the immortal ogre whose appearances over Swift over the centuries have always been accompanied by chaos and destruction. From a makeshift command's command post to miss the ruins of the Hedgelong Tavern, a Tyson army captain by the name of Wexingmore Mallark serves as the leader of the beleaguered and ultimately outmatched defence. But the spirit of the village's defenders has never broken. The fight for Silver Wisp appears to be drawing to a close. The forces of Woundskin have largely been driven from the field of battle. But Captain Millark, head of the resistance, has made it clear to all the struggle is not yet over. Adventures recently here, well, there's me and Lady Millimissima. Who's also strong. About, about as strong as me, actually. Actually, a bit stronger. Alright. Well, let's go report to Captain Millark. See what needs killing. You find Captain Millark standing amidst the ruins of the Hedgelong Tavern, conducting the defence of Silver Wisp from within the makeshift command post. While the vast majority of Woundskin's army has been driven from the field of battle, the captain is still overseeing his forces as they scour the areas north, east and south of the village, for any lingering sign of the enemy. Alright, there's adventures here. Well, there's, there's four actually. The first one is first mission for Millark. Captain Mi Millark tells you that a particularly brut brutal bouncing goblin warrior is tearing through defenders as he and a band of his bloodthirsty kin carve a path towards the village centre from the south. Well, we better deal with that then. Embark on this adventure. While speaking with Captain Millark, you learn that he has just been given a troubling piece of news. Reports from the south say that a brutal mountain goblin warrior and a sizeable band of his bloodthirsty kin are carving a path towards the village centre, cutting down any defence Defenders, unfortunate enough to cross them. Forces are already spread too thin, says the captain gravely. 
can't hope to ask it of you, Sir Crokinson, but our defence here may depend on it. Could you? You don't wait for him to finish. With a grim nod, you promptly turn and race off to the south, hoping you can intercept the murderous goblin crew before they reach the village limits. As you near, near the southern outskirts of the village, you are taken aback by a startling discovery you make while pacing the smouldering remains of a stone-walled dwelling. Crouched beneath, beneath a slab of blackened timber, a face covered in grime and soot, is a young girl, no older than four. As you approach her, she shrinks back, as if fearful of your intentions. You quickly... But you swiftly, but calmly reassure her. Do you wish to help? On almost at once, she rushes out and pets me a bit. <laughs> you're about to. You're about. You're about to hoist her off the ground te telekinetically and take her out of this dangerous area when the sight of four spear-wielding mountain goblins approaching from the south forces a sudden change of plans. You quickly set the young girl on the ground behind you and assume a defensive posture in front of her, determined to do whatever it takes to keep her out of the clutches of the vile creatures now rapidly bearing down on you. Her soft sobs weep your ears as the four mounting as the four goblins rush into melee range, snarling viciously. Alright, four mounting goblin warriors. You really shouldn't have you're messing with the wrong entity. Begin combat. The goblin wires attack you viciously. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke on you. Alright, that's four damage. Stabity stab, 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 stab! They're all stabbed to death now. Five XP. Having dispatched the four goblin warriors, you turn and hoist the young girl. Wait, wait, uh, uh, all, right, all right, well, I set off, I, I, we both set off the village centre, somehow. A soldier standing guard on the road, leading up to the village centre, spots your approach, and rushes, rushes out to take the young girl from you. He tells you that most of Silverwist residents have long since fled to the west, as ordered by Captain Millock. But he will see that the child is reunited with her family, wherever they might be. Don't, don't worry, says the young soldier, examining a rather nasty gash on the girl's leg. We'll have that looked after for you. Come on, come on now. Oh, well, I happen to have magical powers to fix that, so I'll give it a shot. Call upon your power of restoration. You succeeded. 16 XP to restoration. Calling upon your power of restoration, you focus on the girl's legs, and within moments, in a matter of moments, no sign of the wound remains. The child's soft sobbing subsides, and the soldier stares at you in open-mouthed amazement. Wasting no time, you head back to the south, eager to resume your mission and locate the savage goblin crew reportedly cutting a bloody swathe north towards the heart of the village. Doesn't take long to find them, just follow the sound of the screams. Just south of the village limits, in an area tall grass and stunted trees, you come upon the goblins that you seek, 
as they stand around their most recent batch of gruesome handiwork. Nine mountain goblins stand over the corpses of three soldiers, crudely kicking and prodding the unmoving bodies. One of the goblins, those fine suit of chain armour and a spiked skullcap set him apart from the west, is snarling orders to his vicious kin. Luckily, the goblins have not yet spotted you. So, I've got some options here. Use illusion, use archery, charge the goblins, or attempt to ambush the goblins. I'll try to ambush them. You crouch behind a tall slab of rock and prepare to ambush the goblins as they pass by on their way to the north. For several minutes, however, the goblins remain where they are. You begin to fear that they are not continuing on their previous course until the sudden rattle of crude weaponry and the scraping of clawed feet confirms they are indeed again on the march. When about half the goblin crew has moved past your place of hiding, you swiftly break cover and launch your attack, picking a number. Bonus, 131. 60 for woodmanship, 59 from thievery, and 12 from luck. Pick now. 182. Your swift attack has caught the goblins completely off guard. The chain-clad leader and the large goblin by her side immediately fall back, leaving you to engage the other seven members of his vicious crew. Seven mountain goblin warriors. Well, I'll just take these on then. They attack you viciously, as they are wont to do. Brutal stroke for 8 damage, but now they are slain. 5 XP. There's little time to dwell upon your remarkable victory. The armoured goblin leader snarls something to the large goblin standing at his side, and the club-wielding wielding brute immediately rushes at you, oh, splitting your forces again. You really shouldn't do that. It's like... It's like the first thing you learn. <laughs> first thing you're learning, like, don't be a stupid, stupid person, school. The armored cop. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The armored goblin leader remains a dozen yards off as his championed warrior dutifully engages you. Swiping you to this cool but effective weapon. This is a mountain goblin champion. Oh, so I think it's going to be a mountain goblin loser soon. Attacks you viciously. Oh, oh frigid wind again. And slain. 5 XP. The chain clad goblin leader wars in dis displeasure as his champion slumps to the ground at your feet. You step over the bartered corpse of your foe and begin slowly advancing on the armoured goblin. 
a creature those blades streaked with the dried blood of many of Silverwisp's brave defenders. The glory of the master is not yours for taking, human! No, wait. wait, wait no, not you. You taking thing! Snarls the vicious mountain goblin as he brandishes his broad blade in obvious attempt to display his formidable skill with the weapon. Look! I've dealt with I've dealt with eight of your goblins so far. Are you really so puffed up in your ego that you think you're not gonna at least get really, really hurt? Without another word, the goblin leader charges, sounding a fearsome battle cry that serves to chill the length of your body. It's a mountain goblin leader, whose name is not given and we do not care to learn. Begin combat. The mountain goblin leader slashes at you with his broad blade. He keeps slashing and is slain. 37 XP. The goblin leader collapses face first into a deepening pool of his own blood and does not move again. You stoop to one knee as you attempt to regain your breath following the brutal encounter. A quick search of your dispatched enemy's body reveals the following which you may take. Alright, a selection of superior armour, an exceptional chain breastplate, and a superior broadsword. This will all sell for quite a bit. You waste little time returning to Silver Wisp, whereupon you immediately report to Captain Millark and inform him of the successful completion of your mission. The captain meets you in the shop lacrosse and commends you on your victory. I again thank the Allfather that fate led you to us, Sir Crokington, he says as he moves out of the confines of the ruined tavern to personally examine three ruined, ruined soldiers returning from the battlefield. You follow him out, and when he's finished tending to the soldiers, he turns back to you and exhales heavily. It's going to get worse before things look up, he says grimly, casting a weary glance at the ruined surroundings. It's going to get much, much worse. And that ends first mission for Millark, and you get 200 and 56 experience to general. Now have, have a little nap. Now. Report to Captain Millark. And there are more adventures here. An engine of war. Two dozen mountain goblins approaching Silver Wisp bringing something with them and it's not a peace offering here we go a lone border ranger scouting the southern moor was the first to witness the two dozen mountain goblins making their way north towards the outskirts of the village if the goblins themselves weren't cause for immediate alarm given the vast scope of peril now surrounding Silverwisp, the tower of wood and rope being hauled across the broken moor, more terrain behind them was. Captain Millock's face grows ashen as a young border, 
world border ranger named Tindor relates to him the news of this, his grim discovery. A bomb sling, sighs the captain, turning to you after commending the ranger on his scouting. I should have expected. Expected such tactics from goblins. But I can't say I ever thought this wound skin beast would submit to such conventions. I need not tell you, Sir Crockerton, that they cannot be allowed to get their engine of war within range. Less than an hour later, you are moving through the rugged terrain, south of Silverwisk with Tindor, en route to intercept the goblins before they haul their bomb sling in range of the village. There! We have them, says Tindor, as you reach the top of a stony, stony trail. The young border ranger points to the south, where you can plainly see a large group of goblins toiling to free the towering bomb sling from the grips of a wide patch of murk. Yep, yep, that's definitely a problem that often turns up with massive seize weapons. They keep sinking, because they're really heavy. And battlefields tend to be really muddy. And even if there was a road, it's probably been ruined. <laughs> yes, yes, I think this happens quite a few of them. Quite a few massive seized weapons have just not worked because they just couldn't move them. And same thing for cannons, of course, because those are also very, very heavy. Especially in the earlier The goblins, two dozen strong by your count, are scrabbling among themselves, not taking notice of you, even though you're barely thirty yards distant. They'll have that sling freed up soon enough, says Tindor. I suggest we lie, in, lie here in wait and take them to task when they come by this way. No, of course, Sir Crokin, the hardly suggest any <laughs> such a course it was anyone but you standing at my side. Any thoughts? So I've got quite a selection of options now. I could use archery, telekinesis, illusion, destruction, elementalism, and gating are an option, but I can't take them because they require more power than I currently can command. Hmm. Or I, I could agree to ambush the goblins, or decide to attack them outright. I, actually, I'll, I'll go along with the plan. I'll try and ambush the goblins. You and Tindor take up spots on the opposite side of the stony trail, and crouch down, waiting for the goblins to free their war engine, continue towards Silver Wisp. It's a large group, says Twindor, from across the way. As the goblins at last pull the goblin sling free from the muck and resume their trek. But surprise is on our side. The old father be with us, Sir Crokington. When the first dozen goblins have passed the ambush point, you and Trindor swiftly break cover and launch your attack. Alright, picking a number. Bonus 131. 12 from luck, 60 from woodmanship, 
59 from Fees Away Pick now. 146. The ambush has failed. It seems your mounting goblins were somehow alerted to your presence, and you find them quite prepared to receive and counter your attack. Oh well. No problem. I can still handle them. It's a mountain goblin horde. Let us begin combat. The mountain goblins howl wildly as they attack. But I'm stabbing them. Just killing at least one with every blow. Stab, die, stab, die. Stab, die, stab, why? Frigid wind goes off, kills another of them. Stabity die, stabity die. Tindor. Oh, one of them actually got a hit in. Brutal stroke for nine damage. Another brutal stroke for 15 damage. And they are all slain. Every single one of them. 70 XP. Over 20 mounting goblins lie dead and dying. Dying on, on, on the stony path. Tindor. Nursing a nasty gash. Gash on his forearm. Steps over the carnage. And meets you in a shoulder cross. Well. There's our own small part. He smirks. Gazing over the remains of the goblin horde. I'll just be a moment Sir Crokington. As you turn your gaze. towards the many items. Stone across the path. Tindor makes his way towards the bomb sling. Now there's a lot of loot. Most of it's pretty rubbish. In fact, nearly all of it. But you can scroll down the list, it gets better. Wing Greaves, Sturdy Dagger, Inferior Banded Breastplate, all that's worth taking. And 13 gold. How many goblins did I have to search to find that much gold? They all just have did thirteen of the goblins have one gold each? Maybe. Maybe. The sound of Tidor returning. Returning turns your gaze to the south, where you behold an unexpected but welcome sight. The bomb sling, the mighty engine of war of the goblins, is engulfed in flames. And that's the end of that, says Tindor, moving up to your side and turning to look over his destructive handiwork. Captain Millark is visibly relieved when you and Tindor return and announce the success of your mission. He thanks you both and commends you on your victory over such overwhelming odds. When Tindor takes his leave, the captain turns and lays, lays a hand on your shoulder. There are a few who don't know my passer, Croson, he says. And I'll be a common liar, I suggested for even a moment. I hadn't hadn't detested the same the station fate store sit to chain me to. Yet I'll gladly yet yet I'll gladly go back to overseeing what ore wagons. I surely would. And that's the end of this ad this adventure with a hundred and twenty eight experience to general. Alright, you can rest here and save.
Alright. You know what? I'm gonna keep going. I'll pause for a bit while I sell some. Sell that loot I just got. Okay, I got about 8,000 gold for all that stuff. Now the next adventure. From above. The enemy's latest move seems designed to crush the heart of the resistance. And we begin. The panic shouts of several soldiers reach your ears while you're passing through the eastern part of the village. You're about to turn and start in the direction of desperate cries when a savage, ear-piercing streak from behind causes your heart to skip a beat. You spin on your heel, prepared to defend yourself, but utterly unprepared for the horrific sight that greets your eyes. Swooping at you out of the sky, the blood-drenched claws of its hands and feet outstretched before it is a winged skeleton. The vile, flying on dead, hisses viciously as it sweeps down at you from above. Oh, I've got some options here. Weaponry. Weaponry stabbing. Or telekinesis. Or fortification. Telekinesis. It succeeded. 32 XP to telekinesis. Hastily calling upon your power telekinesis, you project a powerful, unseen force at the swooping skeleton, knocking the, the winged, fleshless, undead creature off course. The skeleton lands in a heap on the ground before you. Before the winged skeleton can fully regain its feet, or fly, you are upon it, determined not to lose your advantage over this undead horror. Begin combat. Uh, good job it didn't occur to any of these winged skeletons to drop flechettes or something. Because then there'd be pretty much nothing I could do except telekinetically throw them back. But the rest of the soldiers, they wouldn't be able to do anything. Especially if they flew higher than our range. It shrieks as it viciously claws at you. Ooh, it turned into my flesh and is slain. 4xp. A chorus of piercing shrieks from overhead since to chill the length of your spine. And you, and you cast your eyes skyward, where you are greeted by a truly horrific sight. No less than perhaps 200 winged skeletons are soaring over and swooping into the remains of Silverwisp in what is the first major assault on the heart of the Resistance. Your first forces return with all possible haste to command post at the Headlong Tavern. You realise that the safety of Captain Mirlock, the sort leader of defence, is vital to maintaining the morale of the beleaguered defenders. You've taken over a dozen steps in that direction. Will you suddenly find yourself confronted by a pair of the winged undead? The cruel minions of Woundskin land less than ten yards in front of you, shrieking loudly, with their deadly talons poised to tear you to shreds. Two winged skeletons just going to stab them to pieces. They shriek as they viciously claw at you and are slain. 5xp. You leap over the remains of your foes and rush off in the direction of the command post, hoping to find it still intact and praying no harm has befallen Captain Millock. As you near the village centre, you can hear the sound of battle coming from the ruins of Headlong Tavern. Several human voices rise above the din, but are quickly drowned out by a chorus of ear-piercing shrieks. You steal your nerve. Preparing to charge into the unknown. Without the corner of the eye, you spot four winged skeletons 
moving west across the village square. A quick glance in that direction reveals the vicious undead creatures of a young soldier cornered against the smouldering remains of the village hall. You have little doubt the skeletons are now moving in for the kill. Mm, so help the young soldier or proceed with all possible haste the command post. Mm, mm, now. <laughs> now, so, now, theoretically, that in that time I'm... In the time that I'm hoping that soldier... Uh, Captain Millar could be overwhelmed, but I happen to know that that doesn't happen, so I'll help the young soldier. You charge the four winged skeletons from behind, neatly dispatching one of the vicious creatures with a sharp blow to his spine. Yeah, neither. Just leave her apart the bones. It emits a long, wailing shriek and collapses into a pile of bone at your feet. You boldly hold your ground as three remaining skeletons promptly turn and advance upon you, shrieking loudly with every step. Three winged skeletons will just take these down. They shriek as they viciously claw at you. Ooh, they tear at your flesh for four damage, but are all slain. Five XP. The young soldier, who now realise has been badly wounded, staggers over and thanks you, with some degree of difficulty, for saving his life. Alright, wait. Alright, use telekinesis to help him toppling over and attempt to steady him. I suddenly make myself big! To, oh, anyway, I, 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 get, I get him back. Two soldiers returning from the battlefront rush up to you and take custody of their comrade. Both men thank you before swiftly moving off to tend to their wounded charge. Without hesitation, you turn and rush off in the direction of the Hedgelong Tavern. A fierce battle wages wages in and about the wounds of the Hedgelong Tavern. Dozens of winged skeletons are engaged in a brutal fight against a small group of soldiers and a handful of border rangers. You do not see Captain Millark among, among the embattled defenders, although you dare not imagine the worst. A sinking feeling rises from the pit of your stomach. Oh, no! Oh, no! It's the time that I spent... Oh, I wasted too much time. Well, not spent too much time whiskering that guy, and now, the, now the whole now he's doomed, doomed. It's a little time to dwell on your dismay as you near the gruesome the north southern edge of the tavern. You're quickly set upon by three of the gruesome winged undead. I'll just stab these. Shriek as they viciously claw at you, and they are stabbed. Five XP. The third skeleton has only just crumbled to the ground at your feet when you find yourself facing a much larger group, larger group of the winged, shrieking undead. Another three winged skeletons. They shriek. They claw at my flesh and are slain. Five XP. You instinctively duck as a shriek rings out of the head and narrowly dodging the grasping talons of a winged skeleton. The vicious creature lands a few feet in front of you and turns with a snarl. This undead feed is much larger than the others you've faced so far. It's a large winged skeleton. It shrieks as it viciously claws at you, and then it claws at your flesh for about 7 damage, and is slain. 5 XP. 
A shout from a nearby soldier alerts you to four of the winged skeletons closing in from behind. You spin. Spin to face the undead threat, quickly scanning the melee for any sign of Captain Millar before you're engaged. Four winged skeletons. They shriek as they viciously claw at you. And a slain. You leap over the remains of the four skeletons and rush to the aid of the two in battles. Aid of two in battle soldiers. A group of nine winged undead have them backed up against the remains of the tavern's west wall. The soldiers are pitching a valiant fight, but you doubt they can hold out much longer against such odds. You're within ten feet of the battle when five of the fleshless horrors turn to face you. Five winged skeletons just going to fight these two. The winged skeletons shriek as they viciously claw at you. The enemy's claw. The enemy's claws tear into your flesh for seven damage. And they are slain. Five XP. Two, the two soldiers, having just witnessed, finished off the four remaining skeletons. Thank you, before rushing west to aid a group of their beleaguered comrades. You're about to follow them when a movement to your right catches your eye. You turn your head and your eyes fall upon a ghastly scene. Standing amidst the charred remains of the Hedgelong Tavern, towering over the unmoving Coptic body of Captain Millark, is a massive, six-armed skeleton, each of its fleshless hands gripping the hilt of a sword. You instantly realise you are looking upon Cursed Blade, one of the only, one of the most feared minions of Wombskin. You watch in horror as Cursed Blade slowly raises two of his swords, it appears he's about to strike the unconscious captain a killing blow. Alright, so, charge. I don't, I don't think I'll get there in time. Okay, fortification. Telekinesis. Elementalism. Mm, telekinesis. It failed. You're nearly upon curse plate before he turns and spots you. The officious undead minion of wound skin hisses and steps forward to meet your attack. Okay, it didn't work, so I just charge forward. It's Curse Blade, who was surprised somehow. Begin combat, guess he was too busy with attacking the unarmed. Slashes at you with all six blades. Ooh, brutal stroke for 11 damage. It's a toughie. Ooh, no, Poodle Stoke for 5 damage, Poodle Stoke for 7 damage, but slain. 70 XP. Curse Blade staggers back beyond the reach of your attack and hisses loudly as the damage you've inflicted of him begins to rapidly disappear. Without a word, the fearsome and immortal undead commander turns and strides off to the east and is soon out of sight. You quickly stoop down and attend to Captain Millark. Captain Millark is barely conscious when you arrive at his side, but a few, after a few moments you're able to somewhat revive him and obtain a sitting position. He tells you a cursed blade appeared, appeared out of a swirling black portal, just as the winged skeletons began their assault on the village centre. You learn that he and four soldiers immediately attacked the fearsome minion of Woundskin only to realise they were overpowered and completely outmatched. 
Lucky to have you come along when you did, he says, slowly rising to his feet. This bodes ill for our command. If the enemy can appear and strike it ill, strike it will. Very, very ill indeed. The sudden departure of Curseblade has served to break the undaunted spirits of the weakened skeletons. The vicious undead begin taking to the air in large numbers and flying off to the east, where they will likely regroup for another assault. Right then, says Captain Millark, as he surveys, surveys a grim scene surrounding the command post. Nearly a dozen of his men lie dead amidst the scattered remains of the enemy, and a dozen more have suffered serious wounds in the battle. You hope Millark and his men gather the dead and tend to the wound. wounded. It's an unsettling task, but the one that reminds you of, of the ruthless and savage enemy facing not only Silver Wisp, but all of Swift. That ends the, the From Above adventure for 128 experience to general. Yeah, right. West. Okay, we're getting close to an hour, so. So in the next next episode, we'll be doing we'll be doing at least the adventures called Barbaric and a Ragged Brat Band. But, the, but then, then, there's Demon Scourge Part 1, The Abandoned Mine, Part 1, which of course Indic suggests a Part 2, or maybe even a Part 3, which of course implies that it's part of a larger plot, not just, not just another, not just a monster of the minute sort of thing. Anyway, saving once again, and until next time, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.